We are live from the living room. I'm Colton Countryman. And I'm Blake Anderson. Today we're going to talk a lot about the MLB, some news going on, and a few teams who are performing pretty well or not so well, uh, bring light to them and, and exactly what's going on. Talk about the NBA playoffs, some news on the games that are happening right now, actually, and some updated standings on how the playoffs are looking. We'll talk a little bit about some NFL news, and we will not dive into college football right now since there's really not much going on, and we kind of want to focus on the, you know, the sports that are happening right now. So sorry, college football fans. We will not be talking about that today. But, Blake, go ahead and start us off on the MLB. Yeah, today with the MLB, it's uh, start off St. Louis Cardinals. I have resumed playing their uh, schedule. But with all the double headers in such a short amount of time, does that put them at a disadvantage due to the whole COVID situation? And, you know, what is it going to mean for them if they're in contention for the playoffs? Currently, they're at a 9-8 record since returning. Only three games back of the Cubs, who sit at 16-10. And, 10. and um, so it's, very good. it's going to be very interesting in the, as the season goes on to see how it affects them and – will they be in contention for the playoffs or not and how it will affect them in the playoffs if it does? What's your take on this, Colton? I think that it's, it's definitely hurt them and they are at a disadvantage. They're having to hurry up and, and play their remainder of the schedule and make up some games. So they're playing more games in this amount of time than other teams are. So I think if they have the playoffs secured, I, I know – it, it seems strange to talk about from a competitive standpoint, but I think if they have it secured the last couple of games, they should maybe forfeit and rest their players, get ready for a playoff run. Cause as it stands, I, I think if, if you make the playoffs and you're good, you know, you're a, you're a mid seed team. Like I think they will be, you're, you're just hiring your guys out at the end of the schedule there and jumping straight into the playoffs with, with all the double headers they play at the end there, I think that's just tiring them out. So I think it would benefit would be beneficial for them to take a couple L's, forfeit, and have their guys ready to go for a deep playoff run. Yeah, if they can make it in there, there's a lot of a uh, lot of contention for those extra playoff spots this year. But moving on, the. Mets are the next team to have postponed games due to the coronavirus. Uh, it started with a player and a one staff member both testing positive and no sight on when they will resume their play. And I think this is just going to be one of those things as the season continues along. You're going to have teams, you know, here and there just um, test positive, have to postpone games and more doubleheaders down the road. So, and um, moving on now to Steven Strasburg of the Nationals is now out for the season, having to have season-ending injury uh, with carpal tunnel. And for a team, for a Nationals team of current contending World Series champs, that's our, that was already struggling. It's now a huge hit for them as they lose their ace in the top of the rotation. So that's a big hit. And, I think they're going to hurt really bad for that as well. Agreed. That's that's a big blow for the Nationals, a team that really 
needs needs him. You know, they're they're not exactly the best team. Right. Well, they lost <laughs> pretty much all their offensive power. It, yeah, they, they, they don't really have the depth to be able to afford to lose him. So that that'll be a big blow for for the Nationals. I, mean, I don't even see them. I don't even see them getting in the playoffs, and that's that's sad. Even knowing that there's extra playoff spots this year. <laughs> Yeah, you're more likely to make the playoffs than not. So, I mean, that's what happens when you beat my Astros in the World Series. Okay, you're gonna get burned. <laughs> Karma. That's <laughs> what, you what happens to the Astros right now. <laughs> damn. Yeah. Need damn, to Daniel. All right. Moving on. Um, so a few games ago, the Rangers Padres game. Um, Tadis Jr. hits a grand slam late in the game. They're up by like seven runs already. I think it was like seventh, eighth inning. And Texas manager, you know, gets very heated about it. He's all mad. Um, so says that that's not how the game should be played, that there's unwritten rules about the game and that it was wrong to do. So what he said specifically, he said – I don't like it personally. You're up by seven in the eighth inning. It's typically not a good time to swing three to zero. It's the kind of way we were all raised in the game, but the norms are being challenged. This is a new era of baseball. So I get, you know, you're up, you're up by seven. I mean, if this, this were maybe like a high school game or a, little league game yeah I mean it's 3-0 you're 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 up by seven you're not in any there's no urgency to hit a home run really or even hit the ball you probably probably try to go for the walk but this is the MLB you know my philosophy is in pro sports don't let off the pedal there there can be comebacks so just keep your foot on the gas and if you're if you're not happy with how bad you're doing, get better. <laughs> you know, it's kind of your fault. Right. <laughs> right. So I mean, I, I don't I think he's being a little butthurt right there. Um, I don't think Tash Jr. is in the wrong. I mean, he's just playing the sport he's getting paid to play. Yeah, he's doing a damn good job at it right now. Yeah. Leads the MLB in home runs, RBIs and runs scored. Yeah. And a lot of the players and other managers all backed Tadis Jr. for doing what he did. I mean, this is a sport. This is made to be played. It's made to be competitive. You know, there's no little give me walks or give me strikeouts. Like, you got to earn it. It's not our fault you're down seven runs in the seventh inning. So, it's not Tadis' juniors. It's not the Padres. It's just hard, your shitty pitching. Hard to say about my Rangers, but <laughs> I know I'm sorry. And you're That's... wearing a Rangers shirt right now. You might want to go change. I am. I, I just <laughs> bought it. It's brand new. This is the first day I'm wearing it. Blue looks good on me. What can you I? You got say? the receipt, right? I'm not returning that. Are you kidding? <laughs> I don't care. I'm what gonna give saying. you an Astros one for Christmas. I'll burn it. <laughs> I'll I'm keep you warm if it's cold. I'll give it. I'll give it to my wife, who's an, unfortunately an Astros fan. There we go. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> but back to bringing up Tadish Jr. What do you think his chances are of being the MVP at the end of the season? I think they're pretty good. I, I think it obviously depends on how well he they finish the season. Padres have done really well lately. Um, 
one of the best teams in the MLB, I think. They've – their batting is just phenomenal right now as – I mean, Tadis Jr., for example. I mean, right now, the Padres are the first team ever to hit a grand slam in four consecutive games. Breaking news right there. <laughs> but <laughs> – Fun they're, fact they're of the day. Phenomenal, and part of that is kind of piggybacking off of his success in a sense. Um, I mean, he's he's won a couple games for them, has some game hitters, game-winning hitters. And I, I, I just think that right now with his batting, he's setting himself above everyone else. I, I can't really think of another player right now if the season ended today that's more deserving of Tadish Jr. Like we said, he leads the MLB in home runs, RBIs, and runs batted in, or runs scored. So, and he's a clear number one too. So I, I think I think chances are really good. Just stay your course. It'll, it'll be his for sure. Definitely. Yeah, they um speaking of the Padres, they've really come out of nowhere lately. Yeah, <clears throat> they, they definitely flipped a switch as a team. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I think they're one of the most exciting teams in baseball right now for all the home runs they're hitting. And, and notably around the league, there's a high rate of home runs right now being hit. I mean, there's been two or three games with five-plus home runs being hit. It's been a crazy year. It's been fun to watch. Oh, yeah, a lot of offense. A lot of offense. Ooh, offense. Yes. But moving on. Um, notably, the team that I had in my top five power rankings last year, or last last year, <laughs> uh, last week was the Colorado Rockies. They are now on a huge losing streak and struggling dramatically. Oh yeah, one one in nine the last ten games and looking pretty awful, which is hard to say. I think I think the Rockies would be my second favorite team in the in the MLB actually. So that that kind of hurts too, <laughs> a little bit. Um, yeah, no, they're they're not doing well at all. They they do have that one uh, that one guy who is he's in the top five in in most of the batting categories, but mm-hmm. outside of him, that that team's pretty piss poor right now. <laughs> right now, yeah, they started the season off very good though. Yeah, they start. They, they start yeah, they just hot. they're just starting to fade out, and hopefully they can regain and kick it back up. But you know. And that same division, you got to worry about the Padres now, who are cranking it up, and of course the Dodgers, who's kind of just crushing everybody. So that's a tough decision, uh, tough division right there, right now. So, yeah. Speaking of the Dodgers, um, that's one of the teams we wanted to kind of talk about. Their last ten, they're nine and one. Uh, pretty good win streak going on. They're a well-rounded team. Uh, Clayton Kershaw had 11 strikeouts against the Mariners and a 6-1 win on Thursday. Looking like he did in 2017, his uh, his fastball mile per hours are getting back up there, looking like he did then. His his cutters and curveballs are looking pretty pretty good. I mean, he's, he's looking like the old, the old Clayton Kershaw. He is. He is. He's looking very good. It's exciting to see. And right now, Dodgers are definitely the team to beat right now for sure. And um, moving on to the our, one another team that we really want to talk about, and personally, it's my I'm going to call it. I'm going to call it right now. Oh gosh, it's my team that's going to make a deep run in the playoffs. Okay, 
Tampa Bay Rays, man. Here we go. Okay, eight and two in their last ten gonna, games. What you're going to talk about? What you're calling it? What are you are you calling? Are how far are they going to make it? Are they making it to the the World Series? Are they making it to the the championship, uh, conference championship? What are they doing? Hmm. You know what? I'm going to say it right now. We're going to go big or go home. World Series, baby. Tampa Bay Rays. All right, I'm writing this down right now. Write it Blake down. Says, Blake says, just like I called the Raptors last Rick, week. You did call the Raptors. That was pretty good. That Blake was. says Rays in World Series. I'm going to keep a note of that. Dang, should I pick the other team they're going to play? No, no, I'll say that for a later date. TBD, TBD. Got to earn it. <laughs> Got to earn it. We need more views if they want to hear it, you know. Well, tell us about the Rays, Blake. Let's talk about the Rays. They are 8-2 and two in the last 10 games. Won three straight against their um, the team they're contending with in the division right now, the Yankees, and um, which was very impressive, honestly. That was kind of the series that made me decide what the Rays were going to really be, and that was, that was huge for me to see that. Their pitching has been absolutely phenomenal. Their third in strikeouts – and their offense is good as well. They're third in RBIs and runs. Like, they're looking really good. All pretty well-rounded as well. I'm liking what I see out of the Tampa Bay Rays. Sounds good. One of the teams I think you should keep an eye out on is the Indians. Last 10, they're 7-3. and three. Um, They're actually second in the MLB in their ERA. Their, their pitching is one of the best across the league, which is – Something I don't think a lot of people expected from Cleveland, and they're they're 29th in home runs allowed, which is a good thing. That's a little misleading, uh, but that means that they've low, allowed the second lowest amount of home runs, uh, and they lead the MLB in strikeouts. And uh, notably, Shane Bieber had 11 strikeouts as the Indians shut out the Pirates last Wednesday. Um, really looking really well lately, and. I think they're a team to watch and maybe a, maybe a team to beat in their conference. I think they're looking phenomenal. <laughs> they are. I, I think it's a matter of time. Alert. Do what? <laughs> I said my top five spoiler alert. <laughs> I almost put them in there. It's It was a tough one for me. Not yet. Not yet. We'll talk about maybe, that in a second. <laughs> maybe next. Yeah. Yeah. It's down the, down the road, down the road. Uh, moving on. Um, another team. It's the, it's kind of the team that everyone hates right now, except for maybe everyone in Houston. Uh, the Houston Astros, of course. They are 7-3 and three in their last. They were on a pretty good winning streak. They lost the last three games to the Padres. And um, they're battling a lot of injuries right now. Notably, Bregman's been sidelined. Uh, Jordan Alvarez is now out for the year. His, he just came back. Sad. So sad to see that. Uh, but... Despite not having Verlander, pitching has been pretty, pretty good. Uh, a lot of young guys in there, and they're holding their own. Grinky's calling out his pitches and still striking people out. It's been fun to watch that. Um, McCullers, is, uh, he's a little bit up and down, but he's holding his own as well. And, um, yeah, I'm very impressed with Grinky. Uh, their ERA was at 5.34, which was ranked 22nd in the MLB two weeks ago. They are now at a 3.99, which is, makes it eighth in MLB, so a huge jump there. So want to butt is, in right here. Okay, okay. <laughs> that was uh, that's after they played the Padres too. Before they played the Padres, 
Uh, they were actually fourth in the MLB, so the, the Padres right. didn't slide a little bit. But that's going to happen, I guess, when you go up against Tadish Jr., right? Well, the game last night, they lost like 11-2. to two. Like, they just went off on them. It was crazy. Like, I, I was watching that game. I was at a restaurant. It was 1-0 Astros. It's like, oh, cool, they're winning. I think I looked up like maybe 15 minutes later. I'm like, wait, what? And it was 11-1. to one. I was like, whoa. <laughs> I was like, well, okay. That was good, though. Uh, that'll happen. Moving on to the next team and the last team we'll talk about, Detroit Tigers. One of they, the worst teams in the MLB right now. Looking, We saved the worst for last. Worst for last. <laughs> oh. One and nine, their last ten games. Worst ML or worst ERA in the MLB. They have zero shutouts pitch, tied for last. Twentieth in runs offensively. Twenty-first in RBIs. Twenty-first in stolen bases. So their offense is still an issue, but their pitching is the worst in the MLB right now, and that needs to get figured out quick. Or they're they're going to be the laughing stock of the MLB if they don't if they don't figure that out fast. Maybe pick up do some trades or pick up some free agents to help them out. But they have a serious issue that they need to figure out over there in Detroit. Definitely, I wouldn't say they're the laughing stock though. I'd still say the Nationals are the laughing stock. Not yet. They're not the not, not yet. <laughs> this continues. They will be. Yeah, I, I guess Nationals to going from potentially worst to fir- or first to worst. <laughs> Yeah. You can almost throw the Angels in there. They've had a very disappointing season. Yeah. In my opinion. Yeah. But enough talking about bad teams. Let's get to our top five teams of the week. Colton, what's your top five? My top five. Number one, the team that I think everyone is going to have at number one, the L.A. Dodgers. I mean, Blake's – put it perfectly earlier they're first in runs scored in rbis third in home runs offensively uh they also have one the tied for uh first in the best era in the mlb their pitching's phenomenal they're just all around a great team and i think the clear number one team right now sorry astros fans i know y'all kind of hate the dodgers right now (laughs) along with that pitcher (laughs) But, yeah, Dodgers number one. Number two, Oakland A's. Pretty good round of team. Also, I had them at number one last week and two weeks ago, but they're going to take a slide now to the Dodgers. Number three, the Tampa Bay Rays. Again, Blake put it perfectly earlier. They're they're looking great, and I, I I'm think they will make a good playoff run. I do not think they will make it to the World Series, though. That's that's you my prediction. You want to bet a penny on that or what? I'll I'll bet two pennies. Oh wow! I'll bet a hay penny. Dang dang. Okay. Oh, okay. We'll get this real. Get this in writing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, number four, Cleveland Indians. The uh, again, who I think has the best pitching rotation right now, um, up there with the Dodgers. Um, Number five, Padres. Their offense looking too good not to talk about, and they've done too good lately. I will say 
until the uh, Astros played the Padres. I actually had the Astros at number five. Blake, I we, were did talk, too. we were just talking about this a couple of days ago. <laughs> we, were, we were like, yeah, Astros are looking pretty great. Pitching's great. They're on a – at the time it was a 9-1 and one run. And yeah. it looked like they, they finally were living up to expectations. And that they kind of crapped out against the Padres. So they're out of, they're out of my top five. They're out of my top ten now. <laughs> you know – I get this being an Astros fan. I get that. I don't know if you've seen that meme of Sid from Ice Age, <laughs> and and it's like, and it, like I have a perfect meme for it. It'd be like Sid would be the Astros fan, and he'd be like, "They do this every time. <laughs> they do this every year. Why? <laughs> Why? <laughs> Doesn't anyone love me?" <laughs> Doesn't anyone care about the Houston Astros? So if anyone Not knows how to make time. if anyone knows how to make really good memes like that, that would be a good one to do. I really like that. So my top five is well it's pretty similar to yours, since you know we are brothers from another mother. We're pretty identical. Um sorry everybody. No, honestly we should tell them like me and Colton are like literally the same person. We just look different. <laughs> and he's taller. Dramatically <laughs> yeah, taller. It's no fair. <laughs> just a little bit. Just a little bit. <laughs> I like to eat a lot. But anyways, my top five. I have the Dodgers at one, of course. They're on that go-go juice. Definitely. Juice. Um, they might be juicing. You never know. We'll find out. Dude, that'd be funny. Oh, no. That'd be so funny. You know, they make such a scene for the Astros cheating, and then the Dodgers get, like, caught for doing some shit. That would be hilarious. Who's the cheater now? That'd be some high school drama. Oh, man. That'd be too good. That'd be too good. Oh, I can't wait for this offseason and see what they find out. Um, moving on, though. Number two, I have the A's. Number three, I have my representing World Series team, Tampa Bay Rays. And they will be going up higher on these power rankings, mark my words. Number four, I put the electrifying team, or as The Rock would say, the most electrifying team. Um, Padres, number four. And I put the Twins at five. I, I debated after talking, taking the Astros out at five. I had a struggle between putting the Indians or the Twins, but the Indians haven't quite dethroned the Twins for that top spot in the division yet. So, kept the Twins in at five. Hmm. Interesting point. We did it again, though. Our top three is the same. <laughs> I know. All I right. swear, we, we don't talk about this before the episode. It just happened. We really don't. <laughs> oh, my we make a list of things we want to talk about, but we do our own research and our own opinions, and then we get on, and then here we are. We're just it's the same. <laughs> oh, man. It's so funny. People are like, quit agreeing all the time. Like, we can't help it. <laughs> I'm sorry. We're right. <laughs> I mean. Exactly. Oh. This isn't fake news. This is, this is the realest it's going to get. <laughs> Live from the living room gives you the truth. Gives you all the facts, okay? Do you all promise right. to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth? Slightly, I will promise. Slightly. All right, moving on to the NBA now. Uh, 
it was kind of a, I guess you could say a debate, interesting topic, some, you know, difference of opinions, the Mavs Clippers <laughs> game one officiating. Now I know LA fans are just thinking it's overrated and that Mavs fans are being ridiculous, but a lot of the NBA seems to agree that game one officiating was pretty trash. LeBron James also went on to Twitter after to say, like, how bad that was. And several other NBA players. Also, Dirk Nowitzki, Mavericks legend, maybe a little biased, but he also went (laughs) on there and was saying how it was soft. And the ejection was pretty ridiculous. So, for for those of you who don't know, uh, late in the third, the game is pretty – pretty even uh it was a it was a good looking game by both teams the Clippers were up by a couple points and uh there's a little altercation between Luca and a uh a Clippers um teammate who kind of was starting stuff and so Porzingis got in his face a little bit but didn't didn't push him didn't didn't punch him, anything, just kind of got in his face and, and backed Luca away a little bit and stood up for his teammate and ended up getting ejected from the game. Hmm. Um, now, there, there has been talk about is that due to COVID restrictions, you know, is, is that why they did that? Because it was soft. I mean, you know, that, that stuff that happens in every game, in practice, you know, scrimmages, any, I mean, you, it's just the heat of the moment, competitive. Again, he didn't, didn't really do anything to warrant an ejection, but I think that's a question that is coming up that the NBA should maybe, you know, come out and release an official statement on to give some justification, you know, was that because of COVID? But Go on Facebook. Let us know what you think of that uh, game one officiating. <laughs> yeah, I think it was definitely um, it was piss poor. It was a piss poor call. Uh, it could be because of COVID, like you said, but I feel like every year in every sport, there's and just the some of the biggest games too. There's always some very very uh, skeptical officiating, and you know we'll see what happens on this. We'll see what comes to light, but. Another uh, mini, huh? What's up? Another topic that that people are kind of talking about too is if Porzingis wasn't ejected, would the Mavs have won? And that's a pretty good point to make. I mean, it's a game of what ifs, and you can't change the past. But if he stayed in, I think they could have won, and I think Mavs could be up three one right now instead of series tie. Well, they fought back to a two and two. They're really coming together. You know, that's one of my biggest things about them they were so inconsistent or they would give up games late. And now as I see them in this series, they're coming together. They're being more consistent. They're finishing games and Clippers could be in trouble. So I'll be honest with you, Colin. I'm actually cheering for your Mavericks. Yeah. Believe it or not. Believe it or not. Yeah. Don't Good. tell my mama. You had the, you had the Clippers sleeping them before the series. I did. And that is, was a horrible prediction. Well, you agree again. I, I agree with what you say, though. They're in, they're an inconsistent team. I th- I mean, I I think they can upset anybody, and I think they can lose to anybody, and that's exactly why they're not going to make mm. it to the conference finals. But you know, we'll see. Send the Clippers home. <laughs> Could they be the Cinderella team? Who knows? 
They they could be the sons of the playoffs, yeah. Nobody are the Cinderella son. We cannot give anyone that, that title. That's true. Sons earned that. That was amazing. I'm still I'm still broken hearted about that. Oh my gosh. Yes. Oh, can we have a moment of silence for them? Nine's nah, long enough. That's good. All right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the Trailblazers and the Magic ended up taking game one from the number one seed Lakers and Bucks. Nobody saw that coming from the Magic. I think a lot of people expected the Bucks to come out, you know, kind of guns blazing. I thought that the the Bucks would win uh, four to one or four to two, but you know, losing game one right out the gate, kind of. I guess I guess we kind of saw that coming, kind of like what we talked about. The Bucks had sloppy play in the in the bubble, and and it's transitioning to the playoffs but it, it whipped them into shape and the bucks are again looking kind of like <laughs> they, it woke them up man and they woke, they woke up, up the, it was a sleeping magic giant. woke the sleeping giant yeah, yeah. exactly yeah <laughs> same with the trail I, honestly i was really pulling for these trailblazers but right now i'm sitting here i'm like i don't know man lakers are handling business as well well we'll see if damian lillard plays the rest of the series uh there was talk yeah. about potentially missing this game. He ended up playing, but we'll, we'll see if that injury lingers on with him or not. I think it is going to, but, yeah, you never know. We'll see. So, right now, uh, in the Western Conference, Lakers are leading the Trailblazers 2-1. to one. Thunder came from behind, took it to overtime, and stole the win from the Rockets. They did. They went on a 12-0 run in overtime and pretty much put it away. Yeah, so Houston's was a, up two to one now. They it were was a matter of time before Thunder got a got at least one win with with the Rockets not having Westbrook. I I still don't see them, you know, just destroying anybody. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if many. People I will say taking the sweep. The defense by the Rockets has actually kind of come alive a bit in this series, though. I will say that much. For once in their life, they showed up. They quit social distancing on the court. Quit social distance. <laughs> <laughs> number, th- uh, number three Nuggets against the six Jazz. Right now, Utah is leading two to one. Um, but as we're talking right now, it's <laughs> halftime between the Nuggets and the Jazz. Nuggets are up 65-64. Pretty tight game. A mm. good, good series. That's a, it has. That's a series that we we said two teams that are very close in talent. It was going to be a good series. I think we ended up both saying that uh, one of the teams would win in seven, and it was potentially looking that way. I think I said I had the yeah I had the Jazz in five. I had the oh I had the Nuggets in in seven. You did. You had the series lingering on a little bit longer. Yeah. Or six. But yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll see what happens. That'll be that'll yeah. thing to watch. Talked about the Clippers and the Mavericks over there in the West. Um, Blake, what do you think is going to happen there for the remainder of the series? For the Mavericks and Clippers? Yeah. Shoot, man. Honestly, the momentum is shifting. I see the Mavericks taking this. I think it's going to end up going to seven now that we're going to move on from my Clippers sweeping the Mavericks to this goes to a game seven. 
only because Clippers are a very talented team, but Mavericks are coming alive. They have a lot of big play potential. They're starting to get a little more consistent, so I think you're about to see a pretty good battle between these two teams heading forward. I got them finishing in seven with Mavericks taking it. I think the Mavericks, in order to take this series, I think it goes to seven no matter what, but to take this series, they have got to stop the the early surgeons from the Clippers, you know. Was watched yeah. today, they went up 28 to, to 13 or 15. Um, just absolutely coming out of the gate hot. You got to play better defense and you got to have better shot percentages starting off. You cannot dig yourself in a hole. They ended up digging themselves out of the hole, but moving forward, they, they have got to fix that or they're going to lose this series. But I think they do fix it. I think they end up winning in seven, upset the number two Clippers, who many people actually had as their number one team. So I did have them as my number one team. <laughs> that wasn't calling you out, but that's funny. <laughs> yeah. Low key, low key. Low, low key, punched under the belt. <laughs> that's right. I was on a roll at the beginning of this podcast with my, with my stats. Now, here we are. My predictions are letting me down. It's the Clippers. The Clippers are letting people down. <clears throat> I'm going to have to write them a strongly worded email. Let Cassie write it. She hates the Clippers. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> the least favorite team in the N- NBA. For reals. Absolutely hates them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Moving on to the Eastern Conference. Number one Bucks against the eight Magic. Again, Magic won the first game, but Milwaukee coming back. They're up 2-1 looking a little bit like they did towards the end of the season. They're getting stronger with every performance. I think they're finally realizing it's the playoffs and, and playing the way they should. Yeah, I don't see Magic winning another game for, in that series. Agreed. It's like a high school basketball team versus the Bucks. right now. I think I said uh, in my projections uh, the Bucks would take it 4-1. I think you did. I had, I had Bucks sweeping the series. But they were non-existent in the first game. Giannis coming back alive, throwing his hat back in the MVP race. Yeah, yes. I really thought that uh, with their their skid the last couple games that mm-hmm. uh, and and losing game one of the playoffs that he kind of took himself out of the MVP race and it was clear for LeBron. But he's he's getting back in there, I think. So we'll see what yeah. happens. I think it, it's very much going to come up to who makes it to the NBA Finals. And if it's both of them, it's up to the voters. <laughs> you can make it. It'll game. be. I think it's clearly between those two guys nonetheless, but we'll see what happens. I think I got LeBron edging them out this year. I really do. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Moving on. I'm, making, I'm just making some wild-ass predictions tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, number two, Raptors versus the seven Nets. Toronto swept it 4-0. I actually thought the Nets would win one or two, given their all-star roster. I mean, KD, well, Kyrie Irving. Yeah, but they're all hurt. Allen. Yeah. They're all on the bench. You can't win when your stars are on the bench. True. I don't I- even know half their team, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I put the Raptors to sweep them. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, Spencer Dinwiddie. There we go. There, that's their that's their starting five. Um, 
Edumacation. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't matter, though. You're right. Uh, they were either injured, benched, or did not play like they should have. Didn't play like a good team. Got swept by the Raptors and out of the playoffs now. Um, I really, really thought the Nets would win one or two. but Maybe next year when they have a healthy roster. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. KD will be there. Uh, sure. <laughs> Moving on, number three, Celtics versus the six seed 76ers. Boston swept 4-0. This is something we both said to keep an eye out on. They The 76ers lost Ben Simmons to injury, and I really thought Joel Embiid would lead them to a victory in a game or two, but Celtics ended up with a sweep. Boston prevailed. They looked pretty good. Um, don't expect them to sweep their next series, but you know, when Ben Simmons hurt for the Sixers, that was a huge hit for them. I mean, I, I gave them a couple of games to win in this series, but yeah, they they just couldn't get it together at all. Yeah. <clears throat> Moving on, the four Pacers versus the five Heat. Miami leads three zero. I th- I thought this game series would be a lot better than it. I did too, with the whole rivalry going on between. Um, was it Butler and uh, Warren? Oh, yeah, yeah. Warren and um, I, I thought it was gonna be more of a battle, and but Miami's just putting up dubs three three to none, three to three zero uh, series lead right now. And I mean, the Nuggets and the Jazz and the Pacers and the Heat were the two series we both said was gonna be like hard fought battle, you know, push to probably Game Seven, but no. Not happening. Well, you never know, though. We've seen some teams come back from 3-0 down in a series. I don't think it's happening. I think Miami's not. Miami's got it. In the bag, Jimmy Butler. Moving on. Yep. Moving on up. So glad he, by the way, I'm so glad he went to Miami instead of coming here to Houston. Why? Because he would just did like all the rest of them and just played second fiddle to Harden and just became a nobody. Okay. <laughs> hey, I like I I talk smack about my own teams. Okay. You're not. Wrong. I do too. You're not wrong. <laughs> I'm not wrong. We've heard a lot of that about Harden not liking a co-star. Yeah, I don't think he's a great teammate. He has a great beard though. That's true. I'd be interested to see what he looks like with it shaved, though. I I do too. I don't know. Maybe that's why. Maybe that's like all his like his skills are in that beard. Could be. Make me like Mike. (laughs) Except (laughs) starts with putting some Rogaine on your face. (laughs) Man, if if I could get some beard going, that'd be great. If I could just get rid of my patches. Same. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, who are your dark horse teams or your teams to beat right now in the playoffs? So, right now I have the Mavericks, the Rockets, and the Heat all as a dark horse uh, contender right now. I think they all show really good big playability. Who could definitely steal some games against these these top-seeded teams. Um, that's my top three for the dark horse. My teams to beat 
obviously I'm going to put the Lakers and the Bucks, but the third team I'd have to beat is the team I am calling to take the finals, the Raptors, as they took their sweep. Um, well, Blake, here we go agreeing again. <laughs> God, dog it. Again, we didn't talk about it before. Hey, all I'm going to say is haters – Haters gonna hate, but they hate us because they ain't us. We agree. <laughs> <laughs> they hate us because they ain't us. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, my dark horse to my two are the Mavericks and the Heat. Don't think anybody expected the Mavericks to contend with the the Clippers like they did. Again, a lot of people actually picked the Clippers to win. Kevin Durant said the Clippers would win against the Bucks in the finals. Um, some notable people really, really thought they'd take it. But Mavericks are putting up a fight. Love to see it. He, again, I mean, what, what else can we say? They're up 3-0. I think people expected a more competitive fight. I, I think they take the sweep. I don't think anyone saw them sweeping the Pacers. So my team to beat, Raptors. I mean, they, they they swept their series. Well, I will mention something that's going to be to keep an eye on looking forward on the Raptors. Kyle Lowry actually got an MRI on his foot tonight. So uh -oh. that could be huge if he misses some games in the next series. Uh-oh. 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 I know. I know. I spoke too soon on my prediction, maybe. <laughs> I still think the Bucks go to the finals. We'll see. We'll see. Kyle Lowry out now. Yeah, they're going to take that. <laughs> <laughs> the Bucks for the taking. Number one seed. Finally, finally taking, taking that pick. They're taking initiative. Oh, for sure. Which is good, too. You know, I mean, I think that it was heartbreak last year for them getting out in the finals. So, yeah. In the conference finals. So, we're good. <laughs> Well, this is their chance to make it. This is their chance to shine. Indeed. So, NBA lottery was a few nights ago, Thursday night. And we finally know who the top 14 picks of the draft are going to be. So, Blake, who are your winners and losers of the NBA lottery? Well, considering they're all in the top 14, they're all losers. But... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding, kind of. Um, my winners for the NBA lottery, I have the Timberwolves, the Hornets, the Bulls, and the Celtics. I think they got some – they got placed pretty well in the picks. Um, notably, my number one, I think, win is the Celtics because they got that um, that trade from the – or that, that pick from the Grizzlies at 14 so you have a team who's currently making a pretty deep run in the playoffs right now and have a top 14 pick and my losers I have the Knicks and the Kings both desperately could have used a top five pick and they didn't get it in there so yeah what about you your winners and losers number one winner is the number one pick Minnesota Timberwolves um Set themselves up, obviously, with the number one pick to get the best player in the draft, Anthony Edwards, the shooting guard out of Georgia. Um, match him up with Carl uh, Anthony Towns, 
and uh, Jangelo Russell. You got you got a pretty solid trio yeah. there. So that is pretty good. The Timberwolves, I think they're definitely in the driver's seat right now, and and are setting themselves up pretty well for the uh, next season. Uh, number two is the number two pick, the Golden State Warriors. Golden State still has Clay Thompson. They still have Steph Curry. Or Steph Curry. Um, now you have the number two pick in the draft. Get the second best player. Um, it's obvious right there. I, I think that you, you might potentially see a 2016-17 Golden State Warriors next year, which is very unfortunate for the league. <laughs> Uh, I know no one wants to see them back up to where they were again. I, I don't think they'll necessarily be that good. I don't think they'll make it to the finals, but they're definitely, again, a playoff contender. And they will actually be beatable now, but they will definitely be a contender. Yeah. I mean, they could make it, but they could You never know. I know the Rockets are probably scared. Oh, I'm sure they have nightmares. Never could win. Never could. <laughs> Uh, another winner I have is the Phoenix Suns, having the tenth pick in the draft. They are the Cinderella Suns. <laughs> they were the Big Suns, the uh, best team in the bubble. And I think that if they keep these players in free agency, take the momentum from the bubble and build on that next year, along with the number ten pick in the draft you're setting yourself up for success finally. Mm -hmm. Maybe the Suns year or two finally get their first uh, NBA championship. Is that a prediction? Uh, if they keep Devin Booker, I think I think three within the next three years is what I'd say. The Suns that's the, that, the next three that's reasonable. Yeah. If they keep Booker. <laughs> yes. His contract's up in, soon. I don't know how it's mm. saying though. Yeah. We'll see. Um, and then a winner, like you said, Boston Celtics making a, a good drive in the playoffs right now, just swept their series. Uh, so to be able to make a deep playoff run and have the 14th pick in the draft from a lottery, you're setting yourself up for success right there. It's a really good position for them. Um, losers, also number one, the Knicks, they – like Blake said, desperately need a top five pick. They have been the laughing stock of the NBA. They're a trash team with trash coaching, trash management, and a trash owner. Absolute dumpster fire of a uh, franchise right now. The owner Straight up doo-doo. Have a new guy come in, new GM coach, restructure the, the roster and, and make some better moves, or they're going to – you're going to keep seeing them in the lottery next couple of years. I don't think they're going anywhere. And they desperately needed a top five, one of those players to be a game changer. And they didn't get it. They, um, again, sitting at eight. And honestly, knowing the Knicks, they'll probably mess that up too. <laughs> <laughs> but even, even a top yeah. ten lottery pick, I, I don't think that that player is going to be – set up for success to turn the franchise around single-handedly. So, Knicks, always a loser. <laughs> and I have the Memphis Grizzlies I'm traded their uh, pick uh, to the Boston Celtics earlier this year. So, they uh, didn't make it in the playoffs, which is already a, a kick in the nuts. And <laughs> now they're 
they uh, can't can't win the lottery, so they're a big loser there too. That's a double whammy. Double whammy, pow pow. <laughs> so the top four picks right now, you got Minnesota Timberwolves at one, the Golden State Warriors at two, Charlotte Hornets at three, Chicago Bulls at four. So we're going to talk about the uh, top four um, NBA mock drafts going on right now uh, for the top four picks. Uh, number one has Minnesota Timberwolves selecting Anthony Edwards, the shooting guard from Georgia. Again, like we said, he'll be joining D'Angelo Russell and Carl uh, Anthony Towns. Great trio right there. Um, you know, moving forward, I think that that definitely puts them in playoff contention um, and could potentially make a deep player playoff run if they make a couple uh, good offseason moves in the next few years. Um, number two, James Wiseman, center from Memphis to the Golden State Warriors. Put him with Clay Thompson and um, Steph Curry. I mean, you put, you put anyone with those two and you're setting yourself up for success immediately as a player and the franchise moving forward is, is in good hands. Um, number three, Charlotte Hornets getting Obi Toppin, the forward and center out of Dayton. Definitely need a good playmaker ever since they lost uh, Kimball Walker to the Celtics. I think that they've been missing that playmaker. So this is a good chance. Definitely. And uh, number four, Chicago Bulls, LaMelo Ball to compliment Zach Levine. Uh, I think that's good for the Bulls going forward. Hopefully they can make a deep, good run in the playoffs. I think Zach Levine deserves it, especially being on this Bulls team. Um after that Derrick Rose trade, they just have not looked very good the past couple of years. So maybe this no. is to get a flashy playmaker to to go. Well, with. They'll get they'll get Lamelo Ball's dad on the sideline too on the court side. <laughs> <laughs> I hear he's better than MJ. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. That's, that's how the the NBA draft is looking right now. Um, that will be in October after the NBA finals is over with. So it's it's happening fairly quickly after that too. So yeah, Still a little NBA going on. Uh, moving on to the NFL now, Blake takes away. Yeah, so the Kansas City Chiefs announced they're going to have 22% fan capacity for their opening game against the Houston Texans. Um, the tickets will be on sale. They won't be regular price. So um, the seats will also be sold in pods. And uh, so it's six uh, seats for each for, you know, season ticket holders to have their friends and families come with them. Um, <clears throat> there'll be the tailgating will be restricted and cars will also need to have a one space in between each other. So they're taking proper precautions, what it seems like. I'm sure there's more precautions than what was just listed to keep the safety of the game and the entertainment for the fans all intact. Um, you know, <clears throat> most teams are either having no fans at all in their stadium for the first few home games, and then they're considering it. And a couple of teams right now are already starting to have a certain percentage of fan capacity in their stadium. So. Uh, it's interesting how that will be an advantage for some teams and how, you know, be a disadvantage for other teams not having fans as it plays such a big role, you know, when opposing offenses are on the field and calling plays. 
you know what sounds the best out of what you just said? What? One space between the cars. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like right? going to an NFL game, parking, just being able to just easily get in that spot. You're not having to be cramped between like two souped up trucks or something, you know. Right. You got your space, no double parkers, like that doesn't matter. Mm. That's amazing. Oh, to not have to worry about that. Makes life parking at a football game easy. For sure. But wear your mask. Wear your mask. <laughs> yes. Moving on. Gerald McCoy of the Dallas Cowboys suffers a ending injury. And the Cowboys cut him the following day. What are your thoughts on that? A little harsh, huh? Oh, my gosh. What is going on in Dallas right now? The the Rangers manager gets upset about that home run, and now the Cowboys cut Gerald McCoy following an injury. Not decisions I'm proud of. It's <laughs> not a good look. I'm a little embarrassed by it. I don't know. I, I think it's such a crappy thing to do for a player who, I mean, you, you gave him a good contract, you you were committed to him, and then he gets injured in practice and, and you cut him the, the following day. I mean, if I was a player and I was cut after injury, I would hate the hell out of that franchise. I'd be so mad. And I'm mad for him. That's such a crappy thing to do. It really know. is. That was that was pretty harsh, just given the whole situation, what's going on already. Um, I definitely expect him to stay within the division and sign somewhere, just to get that payback, because that was pretty. That was a pretty sorry move, in my opinion. Um, yeah. Um, and he's a top player. He's a really good player. Uh, yeah. You thought they would have kept him on, and you know, at least kept him around, but who knows? Maybe there's more to it than we don't realize. Be interesting to see if someone who needs a D lineman like him signs him to a long term deal in order just to keep him away from free agency following this season. Could you could get him for a really good steal? The Cowboys had him for a year. Yeah, that's probably why they cut him is because of uh, salary cap. But it was it still sucks. I mean, that's that's crappy they're, thing to do. They're going to use it to get um. Earl Thomas, who we'll talk about here in a little bit. But moving on, Washington's head coach, Ron Rivera, recently diagnosed with squamous cell cancer. Um, You hear the word cancer, and it's it's a pretty scary thing, especially when it's being said that you have it. Uh, But Ron Rivera's taking it, you know, he's taking it as best as he can. Uh, Washington does have a plan B in place in case, in case he cannot resume coaching at some point this season. But it is noted that it is very treatable and curable. Uh, thoughts and prayers to Ron Rivera. Really yes. unfortunate. Yes, yeah, it is. He's a good coach, does a lot within the communities. He's a very good dude. Um, moving on, uh, notably – uh, we've had lab setbacks in the NFL that have caused many po- false positive cases. Um, so a few teams that have been affected and practices actually postponed, delayed, or rescheduled. Uh, the Browns, the Bears, Steelers, Bills, Vikings, and Jets. Um, all those have been – all those football activities have been canceled for the Browns and the Bears delayed, and all the other teams decided to uh, – keep their practice schedules 
the same without any cancellations. Um, but yeah, about roughly eight to 12 players having false positive cases on, you know, around eight teams. And uh, it's uh, concerning. It makes you wonder, you know, what's really going on there in the NFL and the, and the testing and, you know, how accurate are these positive cases that we're hearing? And, um, you know, it puts teams at disadvantages. It puts them in a time crunch. It holds them back um, because they're having to cancel practices or not have certain players out there on the field. So a lot going on there. Yeah, I think part of that too it, it is kind of the fault of the, the the testing, like I guess the people administering the test. Um, right. If you've been watching Hard Knocks, I mean, there there have been nurses I've seen complaining about how they're doing the, the sample in the nose. They're doing like a quick swab. They're not really getting deep in the in the cavity. You know, they're just kind of swabbing their the tip of their nose around. And so I think that itself has led to a lot of these false positives. Um, Chargers quarterback coach Seth Ryan had a false positive, and they talked about that. And if you just sit down and watch what they're doing, I mean, it, it's it's also a quick test. They get it back in a day and a half or something. I, I just don't think that's long enough to really accurately tell you if you do or don't have it. So Right. No, you need at least 48 hours, and some tests don't come back till about five, seven days, so it just depends. Yeah, testing for the antibody, so yeah, I think that there should be better testing procedures moving forward, um, but it seems like teams are still doing what it takes to, to combat COVID right now, especially, again, if you've been watching Hard Knocks, which we'll talk about in a second, looks like the Rams and the Chargers are pretty prepared for this and are taking the league's precautions seriously. So that's good to see. Very hopeful for football being played this fall. Yes. Yeah, I, I think NFL, for, for looking like they were behind and not doing anything, they've handled it very well. So I'm impressed. But um, moving on to Earl Thomas now, uh, Ravens have officially released Earl Thomas after a fight in practice that was noted was, you know, just it just a very big concern to the team that it wasn't it wasn't right. It, it left things very unsettling. And so they decided to cut the superstar safety. And, um, you know, now. So this isn't the first time that he's had an altercation like that. A few years ago, uh, he had a little scuffle with uh, nose tackle Brandon Williams. So right. something that happened again, it's a repeat thing. Ravens took to serious issue with it. Fighting a fellow safety, um, not a good look. And I think it's a zero tolerance. You know, you're not above the team. Good move to cut him, but sucks for their <laughs> – their their safety depth um, it does it does well at least there is some light to it you know um they're actually trying to get back his 10 million um salary yeah. so they're actually sending a letter to strip him of his guarantees and the nfl pa is uh doing a grievance and of course it's going to take some time it's going to be a pretty long dispute but uh yeah they're going to try to get that money back at least that's one positive out of that but yeah you you lose a pretty big piece to your defense. Yeah, that that uh, salary cap space will go from 15 million cap hit to a five million cap hit, which is mm. 
a good free agent difference. So yes, and it is noted there was rumors of like 49ers, Houston already showing interest. I know Houston's already been taken out of the race for Earl Thomas. I think there's a lot of mutual interest between Earl Thomas and the Dallas Cowboys. I think both want to make that happen. So uh, yeah, I look to him for him to probably be a Dallas Cowboy here pretty soon. Again, this plays into what we talked about last episode. The the free agency signings and offseason moves by the Dallas Cowboys has been outstanding. And this is just kind of really emphasizing that, you know, it's just another, yeah. another stud you're adding to the defense. I mean, great offseason moves. You're – with this addition, you have to know that the, the Cowboys are looking at potentially having one of the best defenses in the NFL now. And paired with an already great offense, you have an NF, or a head coach that already won a Super Bowl with the Packers now. Cowboys could potentially win the Super Bowl this year, which would suck for Jerry Jones holding out on the contract for Dak Prescott, which, I mean, I still think that Dak Prescott's overrated and he shouldn't got it anyways. But but now <laughs> he has a Super Bowl win under his belt. He's, he's going he's gonna to want to get paid. So, he is. And signing, signing uh, Earl Thomas isn't going to help that, that cap space either. So It's be- not, but at least for this year, they have all the pieces. Everything's falling into place. Like, if there's a year for the Dallas Cowboys to actually get past the first round of the playoffs and do something, this is the year. <laughs> yeah. And Dak's going to want more money. Or so. flop again, like like they always do. We'll see. <laughs> I think they flop. <laughs> <laughs> Go Eagles. Hey, you take that out of here. <laughs> fly, Eagles, fly. Oh, my God. Me, me or Mike. Uh, oh my goodness okay well moving on now after we have to you know throw some shade there eagles versus cowboys uh you know cam newton recently signed with the new england patriots a lot of uncertainty there is if he would you know come back to his original form and be his original mvp self or something close to it and, you know, word out there in New England that, you know, he's starting to distance himself in the QB race to be QB1. So what do you think about that, Cole? Do you think he's going to take it and be the starter there in New England and Bill Belichick make magic again or what? Well, I think looking back, th- this has been such a an interesting storyline. I think it's been one of the best to follow in the NFL. I mean, we, we've gone over this in episode two or three, um, recap the, the draft and the, the quarterback competitions across the league. Um, before or after the season, Tom Brady left, Bill Belichick said, moving forward, um, Jarrett Sidham is our clear number one. He's our guy. He's our day one starter. Cam Newton's still without a team. You know, people are – Getting the question, will he sign with the team now? Um, is it going to be after the draft? Will they will they draft a quarterback? Will they get Cam Newton? Is Cam Newton going to wait until maybe the season starts for a starting QB to go down with an injury and sign with someone? Um, Patriots don't draft anybody. There's still a question looming. They end up bringing on Cam Newton, and Bill Belichick comes out again, and he says, He's a veteran experience, but Jared Siddham's are still our clear number one guy. Um, 
training camp happens and, and he's answering that question, does he look like his MVP self or is he going to look like he did those uh, seasons where he had the injuries, not great stats at all? Um, is this the new Cam Newton? Is this how it is? Will he ever be the 2015 self? And I think he's looking like his 2015 self again. I think that's why they signed him to a one-year deal. They wanted to see, and we're getting the answer at least so far that he, he is the quarterback of the New England Patriots, at least for now, for this year. I think that he's definitely distancing himself from an unproven Jarrett Stam who only has four, plat, four passes uh, attempted in the NFL in his two seasons. So um, I think this is definitely his to lose right now. I think he's, he's becoming the front runner, and Jarrett Stidham is going to sit back and have to learn again from another seasoned quarterback. What about Brian Hoyer? Blake. The career bench man? No. <laughs> Brian Hoyer is a, is a clipboard holder. He is. But he gets paid the bed bucks to do that. I would, I would love to get paid two to three million a year to hold the clipboard. We all know he's doodling on that notepad throughout the game. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's drawing him in a Texans uniform to them good old days, right? Dude, you know what? Speaking of that, I'll never forget that playoff game against the Chiefs. And that dude's eyes was, like, so big. Like, he was like, oh, shit. <laughs> the whole game, man. And I'll still never forget first play of the whole entire season. He throws the interception. Oh, good memories, right? No. No. <laughs> Wash them away from my brain. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cam Newton, I think, uh, is the Patriots' day one starter. I agree. See what he can do in New England with Belichick. That would be very interesting. I'm very excited to see that. What oh, we need, we need to look and see. We need to look and see if Newton – if Cam Newton plays Buccaneers this year. Does that happen? Hmm. One second, folks. <laughs> I'm curious. Blake's looking something up last second. What a personality clash, though. You know, like how flashy Cam Newton is and how calm and collective Bill Belichick is. That would be really interesting to see how they pair up this season. Oh, yeah. Really they are uh, – they are very uh, – two huge opposites – yeah. And I mean, Jared Siddham fits more what Brady kind of was. And, but I don't see Siddham obviously taking, taking things from Cam Newton, seeing that Cam Newton, someone has resurgence. Yeah. <clears throat> That'd be interesting to see, though, if uh, the Patriots and the Bucks end up facing each other in the, in, in the Super Bowl. <laughs> what a story. That would be something. You know, I'm looking right now and I don't. See, no, they do not play each other in the regular season. So, yeah, it's going to have to be in the Super Bowl. Super Bowl. This would be the this would be the year something crazy like that would happen. Now is the time. Anybody can win except for the Browns. You can always count on the Browns not making it. Go Browns. Go Browns. <laughs> so, well, so. Hard Knocks episode two came out. 
And they, they brought up a, a couple good points that we really wanted to talk about. So, first of all, there's no new cases between the Rams and the Chargers. Uh, the, this Hard Knocks, if you have not watched it, it is the best chance to see how the NFL is handling COVID right now and the precautions that they're taking. So, if you have any question about that, go watch this show. They, it's on HBO. There are, episode two came out. It comes out every Tuesday. So episode three will come out on this Tuesday. Um, if you're a sports fan, even watch this. I mean, it's been phenomenal. I think this is the best season of hard knocks I've probably ever seen. Um, but starting out, I, th- I thought it was kind of funny. You see Sean McVay, he's in a huddle around these guys, his guys, and they're, they're all around him. Some of them have masks off. His mask is down and he's yelling. And then it flips over to the Chargers, and the coach has the mask on. They're social distancing, standing six feet apart, and he has a megaphone. I'm just like, uh, instantly, the Chargers are already, you know, kind of you, – you can see they're handling this better. So, will they make a deeper playoff run because of it or a deeper run in the season, better record? I, I don't know, but they're, they're handling it pretty well. But aside from that slip-up from the Rams, they're, they're handling it pretty well too. And so hmm. – highly recommend seeing how they're doing this um yeah but an an interesting point that anthony lynn had talking to one of his assistant coaches has been brought up i mean how do you handle these rookies and undrafted free agents or veteran uh players who are looking to make a final roster without these preseason games uh one thing that he said to the 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 coaches he was like how do we find the next next uh austin eckler you know austin eckler if they didn't have a preseason they they said they never would have found him they would have cut him uh he ended up going undrafted and uh was on the roster in the preseason ended up blowing up on the fourth preseason game against the 49ers kind of grabbed the eye of the coaching staff and they it impressed were impressed enough by Eckler that they named him to their final roster and ended up signing him to a deal. And I mean, now he's the Chargers starting running back. So, I mean, you can also look to Philip Lindsay with Denver was an undrafted free agent and is their starting running back now. So that's their question is how are these coaches supposed to find the next Austin Eckler, the next uh, Philip Lindsay, you know? So they interviewed Eckler and he was trying to give advice to some rookies. Uh, he said that rookies, to make the final roster, they have to show technique and effort every time they're on the field in order to gain the trust of the coaches. That's all you have to go off of is these walkthroughs. So this, this is more important now than ever for these rookies and undrafted free agents. Um, in the episode, I thought it was interesting. They were following uh, Chargers undrafted free agent running back and the, there was a strength and conditioning coach trying to get him down. He was a little on the heavy side. They want him to lose about 15 pounds or so, maybe 20. So they're working out with him. And, and the, the, the strength coach said a, a very good quote that I want to share with y'all. What you do in the dark shines in the light. So he was telling them what you do in your off time is going to show on the field. You know, if you're not losing weight, that's going to show if you're not following the work that they're giving you, you know, you can do any workout you want, but if you go to Taco Bell or Pizza Hut after you're kind of offsetting what you're doing, you know, or if you're going home and drinking 
a two liter of Dr. Pepper or something like I did in high school, <laughs> you're, you're not gonna, you're not gonna see those results. Um, so I thought that was a really great quote by him. And it's, it's just so true. And it's, it's a good kind of storyline to follow is, is what is this rookie running back going to do? Um, mm-hmm. But overall, very good point by the Chargers coach. And I really love seeing how they were handling that. This episode, probably half of it was about rookies. And I know that's been the biggest question everybody has had about this season with no preseason Um But also they were talking about uh, week one, emphasis on limiting mistakes. Both coaches were saying – no preseason games, there's going to be rust that you're going to have to shed off. And that most likely the teams who are going to win week one are the teams who are, you know, disciplined, who are not making mistakes, limiting errors. I think you're going to see a lot of drop passes, miscommunication, false starts, offsides uh, to start the maybe the first two to three weeks. Um, so I, I definitely agree with the statement that, mm-hmm. you know, and, and – and the NFL emphasis yeah. on mistakes, the team that makes the, the least mistakes are going to be the teams to win. Then the no, talent I, later. The what? Said then the talent will show later. It will. It's You're going to have – honestly, I could almost see the whole first half of the season being full of mistakes and Russ being knocked off. Uh, you know, you, you got to – you know, you go through training camp. And you're rusty then because you limit your starters playing time through the training camp and the preseason games. But then you got those first, you know, two, three games in the regular season where, you know, rust's being knocked off for your starters and there's mistakes being made still. So, I don't know. I could see it going all the way totally till midway of the season before you actually see full-on football with less mistakes and rust. But, you know, going back to what you said about hard knocks, you know, it gives – a lot of good insight of, you know, what goes on in training camps, what goes on in the coaching staffs and stuff during this time, especially with this being such an odd year. And, you know, it's going on to uh, show you how they're handling the whole COVID situation, not with just with these two teams, but it's, you know, it's showing to show what the league is doing just as a whole. It's really good. Um, I do hate not having the training camp in the preseasons just for the uh, sake that, yeah, you're missing out on some guys who who show up in these preseason games, who show up late in training camp, and they end up making their final roster, and they make huge impacts, you know, on the team throughout the season. It's not become a starter and a superstar. You know, there's Every year there's at least one guy that does that for a team, and uh, this year it's really going to hurt it. It's at a disadvantage for those guys, and, you know, hopefully the ones who – you know, are meant to become something great and superstars, you know, they, they are finding a way to show themselves. So. Great take. So uh, lastly, again, no news in college football. Why? Because the NCAA can't do crap. (laughs) They can't make a decision. They are absolutely ridiculous. What a joke. I hate the NCAA right now. (laughs) No questions answered letting conferences do whatever we want. I'm all for the the power five conferences leaving college football now. All for it. Go make your own little league championships. Screw the There you go. That's all I have to say. That's my little, that's my rant. That's my TED talk. Thanks for coming. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah. So um, that's all that we have for y'all today. 
uh, we want to thank you guys very much for all the support and um, you know be sure to go follow us on Facebook and Instagram and communicate with us you know give us some feedback on what we can do better on the podcast or you know uh, give us some questions that are on you know about any sports or players whatever or um, you know feel free to get to uh, answer any questions that we post on there and stuff we we love to be uh, and we love to communicate with you guys and stuff on the social media and stuff it's it's really fun and uh, yeah so thank you all guys so much for watching I'm Blake Anderson I'm Colton Countryman and this is live from the living room have a good one Thank you.